With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. I'm delighted, I've been la-di-da-din Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top Man, these boys, they be potting I trust them like a lot And they told me that I get it Guess what, I got it You should do it too You will never lose If you ever do Must have been a ruse Ricky, that's my dude Stoops are super cool Sharks up in the pool been sparking up my tools i've been looking to win spend a little again i've been first fiddled it in my god i riddled again i told them stop clowning around they said what goes up comes down i said i'm down with the sickness my team stay ill now come get this i'm just so dead with delight i stay ready tonight deep dive we rise that's the melee all right dead delight dead delight delight Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. And before we talk about anything that we have planned today, obviously I found out on my Facebook memories because I, you know, have a bad memory. But today is actually, we're going to record this episode on the one-year anniversary of when we launched the Debbie Delight, which is kind of crazy to think back. And I was thinking about it, I was like, man, that was crazy because when we launched this, I had never really spoken to you on the phone. We exchanged a few texts and we just started kind of podcasting. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's pretty crazy to think back. But obviously, with all that being said, I am joined by the man himself. And he, my co-host and made a joke off the air, but I'm going to add it to the air. Um, he's probably in debt for all the therapy I've put him through. Stoops, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, excited to have been through a year's journey with you. Excited to see what the future holds. And... Um... Yes, um, through through a good amount of therapy. So you're gonna have to pick up that bill sometime. I know. I said I'll send you some. Uh, I'll send you a check one of these days. I can't promise you'll be able to cash it, but it is pretty pretty crazy to think of that a year ago. Um, now we just, I mean, we text pretty regularly, and mm-hmm. um, we don't really ever. We've never really had a show rundown or anything like that. We just kind of wing it, and yeah. I feel like we've built a a pretty good following, and we've done a lot over this last year, and I'm super excited what this year has to come for us. I agree. I'm excited to kind of continue our series inside the campus to Canton. Today, we're going to tackle the running back wide receiver position. Last week, we tackled the quarterback and tight end. But I'm also super excited because we're joined today from the uh, the co-host from the Debbie Marketplace podcast, Shane Hallam. How are you today, sir? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, uh, That's awesome, man. Uh, A year's uh, a big landmark. You know, I've been listening for a little bit while. I I love your show. And um, I'm really excited to be on it because, you know, it's one of the first real Debbie shows that I started, you know, getting into uh, months ago. So um, this is going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on as well. We've communicated over the years just through fantasy football circles. But this Debbie thing, it, I'm, this is my introduction kind of to Debbie as well was this podcast. You know what I mean? I just kind of took it on a whim and I kind of ran with it. And we had some fun and, and it's been – I. It's hard for me to even think about trying to do normal leagues anymore. Like I was doing the draft with uh, the Scott Fishbowl, and I'm just like, all right, man, this is kind of fun, but I kind of wished I had some college guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
you just, it, it kind of changes your perspective on a lot of different things. And it's a lot harder, obviously, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I definitely feel that, too, like going back, even just to regular Dynasty Leagues. It's like I want to I want to dive in a little bit further. I want to draft some of these guys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a Debbie draft right now, but we, we can't draft incoming freshmen. And I'm like angry, you know, because that's what I've been watching. You know, me and Steve are, are in that pinnacle draft. So I've been watching all these high school guys. I'm like, I can't use this knowledge, you know? So um, I, 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 I'm almost like tipping to the other way that I just want uh, the, these really deep and, and intense leagues. And I'm excited for the future of Debbie. I think it's the next big thing. We talk about that a lot, like Superflex really caught on and came up big. And I think Debbie is going to be the next real dynasty thing um, because it just opens up so many, so much more to people. If they, if they want to be, uh, you know, if they want to, to do the Debbie side, they can, if they don't, then you can trade away those assets and be good to go. Absolutely. It's kind of crazy. Stoops and I are right now in the midst of a campus to Canton draft right now. Um, our first four picks, we actually traded two picks away but we have Lawrence, Etienne, Patterson, and Marshall Jr. Um, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty good haul for us with four picks. Um, we made a trade early on, and we didn't pick for about six to seven years. But um, I think it was well worth it to grab Etienne and Lawrence. And I just kind of wanted to update everybody where we were in our draft from last week. So um, let's transition into the running back position. And you know what? You're the guest of the show. I'm going to let you kick it off for the 2021 class. Who's somebody that you're really – just keen to talking about in this class. I I, th I think it's an intriguing class because there's, there's you know you have the the two stud guys, but uh, the the one guy I'm excited that's really catching a lot of steam is Jerdy Brown, the running back from Penn State. Um, and I think it's definitely a projection for campus to Canton. I think he's even more of an asset because he's probably going to break out this year. It's kind of what is intended. Um, uh, you know, track athlete, four three speed. He came from a, a small kind of rural high school here in Western Pennsylvania that hasn't produced an NFL player ever. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's kind of was that unknown. It wasn't like Saquon Barkley or even a Miles Sanders um, going into Penn State. The Journey Browns kind, kind of uh, cast off a little bit. Uh, you know, everyone thought Ricky Slade was going to be the guy. Now he's at Old Dominion. So um, I think Journey Brown, if, if, if this season happens, I think he's going to really break out and be a big, uh, big time player. And I, I almost think there, there's been kind of a, a course correction on him that his name's starting to get out there in the community, you know, and, and I just had a campus to Canton draft that I finished. I think he went at like the 108, um, just like super early. And, um, but I think he's a player that if, if you're in a league that that's maybe not quite as savvy, you can grab him. Uh, there's a big projection that if he plays well, he has that Penn State pedigree and he has the speed. That's really what NFL is going to look for. And, um, you know, Kane and I talked about him on our podcast a little bit this past week that uh, even if there's not, you know, a season or is very limited, his athletic talent should push him up. Uh, a little bit more. And I think that's something that you're looking for. So I think you get both sides. You get the college production, you'll get the NFL draft capital, and that's really what you want. Yeah, he just most recently in the draft that I was just talking about, he went 205 in uh, in that draft. Um, that's a pretty, pretty, good, pretty good value on him right there. Um, yeah. Stoops, who do you got, man? So I actually switched mine um, kind of last minute. I had, I hope I don't say the name, but I had Travis Etienne, but I figured, you know, everyone, I mean, we literally made a move to go get him, right? So it's kind of an obvious name. So anyway, I changed it up to Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, I'm running back out of Memphis. I like him a lot. Um, 
5'11", you know, 191. I think he's still got some time. He'll put on a little bit more weight, too, while not losing too much speed. He was only a three-star prospect coming out. But when you look at his numbers last year, I mean, he had numbers that were in comparison to to other guys that we just were talking up like crazy. 230 rushing attempts, um, over 14, almost 1,500 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, 51 receptions on 58 targets, 610 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. I, I just – those numbers are are – awesome right i know that people have said well memphis just they, they they know how to produce running backs but they don't translate very well or so on and so forth i think kenneth gainwell is different i, I think the way he came in basically first year and and, and just kind of took it over and just really really made the backfield his right um once it was what's his soul soul um area I, I think we are going to continue to see some phenomenal things from him um I, I like his size he's he's quick he's sure-handed obviously he's able to see the hole very well i think he's someone that's obviously going to get you uh, points on the college side um with all those those rushing stats right and, and then the receiving aspect is going to get you definitely higher up as well but i think he's going to translate well i think a team's going to definitely find him um probably at a steal honestly and unless he continues to have numbers like this and he might bump up you know to let's say maybe he gets a, a second round draft pick but i think if he if you can get him in third fourth round i think that's a steal um i, I don't think he's going to be one of those first round running backs um, even if he has numbers like that again i don't think he'll get there but overall, Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that I really, really like. I've, I've liked him for a while, and I, I was really I, – I say this every time. I was really excited to go see a Memphis football game this year because they were going to play UTSA, but it's just not going not gonna to be in the cards for me, I guess. So um, I was excited to go see you know Brady White and Coxie and Gainwell and just the whole offense. And then obviously since you're McCormick, it's, you know, the list just goes on. I was just excited to see some guys, but Kenneth Gainwell, definitely keep an eye on him. Um, I know he's a name that a lot of people have talked up, but uh, there still seems to be some people out there that haven't heard his name. So Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, for me, it's kind of funny because I would swear that you lived in Tennessee and I did not because as much as you talk about Memphis on this podcast, I feel like you're a Memphis fan mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? It's between white and Gainwell and then Coxie as well. Um, for me, obviously, the easy choice here is obviously Travis Etienne. But the crazy thing about Etienne, real quick, is is finding out that he got a second round gra uh, draft grade and still came back. Um, it's it was a crazy to kind of hear that because I really don't feel. I mean, maybe he maybe he goes in the first round. You know, this coming year, it's it's a quite quite a possibility. But running back is not that. You know, it, it's he's a three down back. He had thirty seven catches last year, so it's crazy to hear him come back for another season. Um, and kind of make another run for it. The guy that I want to talk about is Jameer Jefferson. Um, Three-star prospect, obviously, out of Oregon State. Um, last year, a little bit of a down year. Got hurt. He had some ups and downs. He's got great patience. He's got some good vision. Um, he sees the field rather well. Um, he broke out his freshman year. He had 1,380 yards on the ground, 5.8 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns. Um, he caught 25 passes as well, something that you love to see as well. He's not the, he's not the biggest back, but – um, not very easy to take down. His vision for the field is something that I, I just kept on being drawn to whenever I was watching some of his tape. I watched more of the freshman than I did the uh, the uh, sophomore season. But even the sophomore season, he still averaged 4.8 yards per carry. He still got eight touchdowns. He had two more through the through the air. 
Um, but this guy, he's being, I wouldn't say slept on. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say that because I do think that he has a possibility to come back for his senior year, but he's going to produce at a high level, especially playing just that Pac-12 talent this year. I think that he has a high opportunity, if he stays healthy, um, to produce those same numbers he did in his freshman season. Um, it's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about within this class. Uh, I've seen his name talked about. Bruning and I talked about him the other day. Um, he had posted something, and I was excited to see somebody else post something about him. But uh, I'm a big fan of Jefferson, and uh, I think that he's got potential to be an asset on the next level as well. Um, do we have anybody else left in that 2021 class, gentlemen, that we want to talk about? We're going to move to 2022. All right, let's move to 2022. And Stoops, I'll let you kick it off. So for 2022, you had to know I was going to go with my homer pick. I had to. Isaiah Spiller, running back out of Texas A&M, again, every week. I don't know. I got my A&M flag back here. So, now it was one of those where I was very excited whenever he committed to A&M. Um, very excited that he was coming to the program, but I did not think he was going to make the impact as quick as he did. Uh, I mean, Jay Sean Corbin was there, obviously, when he got hurt early in the season. That's when Spiller really became the back, and that's when he really started to showcase what he was able to do. I mean, he was a four-star prospect uh, coming out of high school. So um, if I remember correctly, he was a highly ranked four-star prospect. So uh, 946 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, 35 targets, 29 receptions, 203 yards. He did not have a receiving touchdown. I think that can change this year, assuming the quarterback can, can get a little bit more accurate with his passes. Um, accounted for 50 first downs overall. So I think him having a full season, well, let me rephrase a, a season as the guy, right. As the lead back, um, we all know it's not going to be a full, full season, but nonetheless, 10 games against nothing, but sec competition. I think that's going to be, uh, pretty equal to, to a full season as far as, you know, competition and, and what he's going to be able to showcase on the field. So He's a guy that I really, really like. Um, we know that Jimbo loves his his feature back, so I think Spiller's – I mean, he's going to get probably 90% of the touches back there. Um, I do think Anaya Smith is going to still, you know, eat into the passing aspect of it. I think um, his, just, his versatility back there is going to definitely take some of those pass-catching um, opportunities away from Spiller. But I think Spiller is a, a total – Total workhorse back. I mean, he's 6'1", 220. He's got the size. He's he's not the fastest um, running back out there, but he's got speed. Um, he doesn't have that breakaway speed, but when he hits that hole, he hits it with a lot of force, and he's able to create some separation, but down the field, he's he, he does get caught. There was that UTSA game. I don't remember how long the run was, but it was a fairly long run, and he almost got caught. You know, he actually did technically get caught about the five yard line. He was able to just keep his balance, kind of bounce into the end zone. So he's got the abilities that you want to see. He's going to get you the college production, obviously. So that's what we're looking for, you know, on, on the campus side. And I do think he translates to that next level, um, especially having a couple more years to really hone in on, on his abilities and, and continue to progress his game. I think Isaiah Spiller is really, really starting to gain some traction. And it's nice to see because obviously I talk about AM all the time, all AM, AM, AM. But it's nice to see other people also talking about him. And it's not just because I like to see AM talked about, but it, it just, it kind of solidifies that I'm not having that biased opinion. Right. And, and sometimes I'm sure I, I do, but others are talking him up just as much as I am. Probably not as more as much, but. Um, it's nice to see. So Isaiah Spiller is definitely a guy for that 2022 class to to really keep an eye on and and 
you'll get some good production out of both sides of it. Shane? I'm going to go with uh, Trey Sanders running back from Alabama. I, I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten mm-hmm. about him uh, because he had the foot injury as a freshman. Um, but he, he remember, he was the 18th ranked running back all time on 24-7 sports. As a 18th all time. So, like, this guy can play, you know, coming out of IMG and being as dominant as he was is pretty rare. And I think because Najee Harris is coming back that people just, just kind of ignored him. And so in, in a campus to Canton, I think you can get him in that fourth, you know, fifth round. And you have a player who, you know, redshirted last year and probably is going to be the, the kind of the backup this year. I think we'll get you a, a little bit of that college production. And then in, in a year, he should take the reins. And if, if even if he has kind of a not a great season, there's a real possibility he comes back for his junior year. So you could get that the college side, and then you know I think the NFL side is going to come. He has that NFL size. I, I think he's a better pass catcher than uh, people give him credit for. And he's playing for Alabama, and I know they kind of wreck their guys a little bit. Um, but that's the, that's the beauty of C2C is you're going to get both sides. Like mm-hmm. you know if if you ended up with um you know with some of these these running backs that that maybe kind of lost lost it like you know Isaiah Kroll something like that you still at least get that college side so I think Trey Sanders is going to give you production in his career at some point I think there's a real possibility he has high draft capital the size and speed is off the charts um, super talented running back and you know I, I'm, I'm excited to see how Alabama transitions. I think the other thing that benefits him is the quarterback is going to be Bryce Young and Bryce Young can run and Alabama really has never had that before. And uh, holes they make for running backs already is really good. When you have a running quarterback, uh, <laughs> those holes are going to get even bigger. So mm-hmm. I, I think Trey Sanders could really just blow up. And, um, now's the time to get him because I, I don't think his draft capital in, in this type of league is, is going to get any lower. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's run, it's it's Alabama running backs, right? And then you just understanding that he's got kind of that next level talent is pretty awesome. The guy that I'm going to talk about is a guy that I really love, and that's Zach Charbonnet from uh, Michigan. Um, he was the fourth running back ranked in his class. Um, I'm a Michigan guy, obviously, so this is somewhat of a homer pick, but uh, he was the four-star prospect, 6'2", 215, um, big size, nice strength, bruiser, um, he kind of reminds – I think he's like a more athletic version of Najee Harrison in a, in a way. Um, I like his big body. I like what he can do uh, in the open field. Um, he doesn't dance around, right? You know what I mean? He kind of makes his cut and he runs. And that's one of those things that um, – obviously, he's a bigger back, so he doesn't do it as much. But for me, he's very um, – He's got that rare combination of like size and strength and speed and run with decisiveness. And, and he makes his decision. He makes it fast. Um, I'm hoping with some improved quarterback play himself that he will be able to kind of produce on another level this year, um, whether it's Milton or McCaffrey. But um, he's not uh, he's not very easy to bring down. Um, very high character guy as well. Um, I think this guy, I think he could probably be one of the best running backs in this class this coming year. Um, he's first in 10. He had over, he's averaging six yards a carry on first down, um, which is very impressive to me. Uh, you keep feeding the, the, you know, the ball to this guy consist- consistently over and over again. I think he can benefit from this uh, short season as well, based on the simple fact that, you know, the quarterback position is still in question of who's going to take over the position, but I do like what Charbonnet brings to the table. Um, if you watch him on tape, he has smooth hands. 
Um, he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield. I would like to see it a little bit more. We didn't see a whole lot of it in his freshman year, but I do think between the sophomore and junior year, we could see a lot more of it. Um, he's a patient runner with huge upside. Uh, I think if he continues down the trajectory, he will. He'll have another 1,000 yards. He'll be able to produce on the college side, and then it's going to transition very easily into Sundays for you as well. So you think you're going to get that double production and a huge way out of him for the next at least two seasons, and especially on the campus side. Um, I don't. He's going rather high. I mean, obviously, he's a you know a highly touted you know prospect. But um, I'm a big fan of Charbonnet. Um, 2022 recovered guys. I've got I've got one guy. Go ahead. Um, and he's kind of my not honorable mention, but um, Jerion Ely out of Ole Miss. Um, he's another guy that I really really liked. His numbers weren't overly eye popping um, this past season, but I mean, he was a five star prospect coming out. There was a lot of top running backs um, or, or, or high caliber running backs coming out of that that class, um, but he's 5'9", 180. The height doesn't bother me as much. I would like to see him get up to 195, 200 at least, um, give or take. Oh, I'm assuming it doesn't obviously you know, slow him down too, too much. But I mean, in 12 games last year, 104 rush attempts, 722, 722 yards, six rushing touchdowns. He did have 20 receptions for 171 yards and a touchdown. So the numbers weren't overly you know impressive I guess you could say but he got the job done I mean he had a 6.9 yards per carry which I think is an absolute phenomenal number we've seen some other guys you know seven eight plus um yards per carry but I'm going to take a a 6.9 for sure especially from a guy who a little bit more limited on carries the one thing and the only thing that really bothers me not bothers me that concerns me from the college production aspect side of it is who he's got at quarterback um with Plumley back there, four-star dual threat quarterback, um, it, it almost kind of reminds me of like a Sam Ellinger type, type of thing where he just runs and runs and runs and runs, and it takes away from the running back production, right? I mean, Plumley he ran 154 times last year for 1,023 yards, and he had 12 rushing touchdowns. So when you have that out of a quarterback, it's going to obviously hinder the running back production. But I still think if you watch the film on Jerry on Ely, I think you're going to find that he, he's he got the abilities to get the job done. So he may not give you as much production on the college side as what you really want to see from a number one starting running back per se. But I think once we transition to that NFL side, I think he's going to be a solid RB too. He's going to get you the ability or the, the points that you're really looking for. So I, I think that's going to help him. Um, and one, it's going to save miles on the, on those legs, right? You know, it's going to keep the carries down. So I think it's going to help translate, you know, to the next level. But Jerry on Ely is another guy that I've got out of that 2022 class. So I think he's someone to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, one guy I want to touch on real quick is Eric Gray from UT. I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, I think that he's. Got- we said we weren't going to say UT on this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the University of Tennessee. Uh, not to confuse anybody at home here. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, look at this. I got to deal with this yelling every week. Out. Every week I got to deal with this. Um, <laughs> Um, one guy I like, uh, he rest, you know, one in one in every six cut touches last year resulted into first downs for this guy. Big time fan of him. Um, I think I don't really, really don't understand watching this vault team. You know what I mean? They just cannot put anything together. I can't wait for Harrison to come in there and take that job. Oh, and um, take that job and be the starting quarterback for you know two three years. I think that he's going to be a next level. Uh, talent. I talked about him a little bit last week, and I'll probably talk about him for another three years. But um, I love Harrison Bailey. He's a, you know, he's a stud. But I think that he's going to benefit from him being there as well. Um, 
I just I, I like Eric Gray. I like what they I like what he brings to the table, and I think that he's another guy that you should uh, have on your radar. He's in my honorable mentions as well. Um, Shane, anybody else in the twenty twenty two class, brother? Um, no, I no, I, I, I Gray Gray was on my list too. I, I think one one kind of sleeper guy that that I like is Keenan Christian from um, USC. Uh, I think he's better than Stephen Carr. So kind of a late round guy that you can grab that might get that starting job um that's just a, just a name and athletic profile to keep in mind yeah playing with the goat out there so i mean obviously um <laughs> this is a team slavis podcast for this half of the show <laughs> this guy uh, so shane i'm gonna put you in the spot i'm gonna put you right in the spot right in the middle of this sure. podcast slavis or how i i'll take how i mean i am i'm i'm close uh yeah <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice having Shane on the show. Um, see you guys. No, um, no, no. I, look, I, I, you know, I like them both, and and I'm a big Slavis guy too. I think I think both are are rock solid. You know, maybe go one and two in that draft, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think I think what Hal's done is a, a little bit more impressive. Um, and uh, we'll see. This year could change itself. I'm. I, I enjoy the debate. I, I'm excited. For, I'm excited for your like like blood bet on these two. It's it's gonna be good. It's pretty crazy because we really haven't really had a whole lot of those on here. A lot mm-hmm. of the guys from last year, we were kind of on. You know, with AGG, we were both madly in love with him, and then Adam Troutman, we were both in on him. You know, I was on the early Burrow train, and I kind of hopped on that. You know, he Stoops and I kind of really just pounded that one to the ground each and every week, and. We agreed on a lot of one, a lot of the prospects from last year. So it's actually fun to have somebody that we just cons- consistently talk for at least another year plus that uh, we could debate whether or not you know when you know Keaton Slavis is the number one pick of the twenty twenty two draft. I could be like, I told you so. So um, <laughs> transitioning into the twenty twenty three class, um, Shane, what do you got for us, man? I'll let you. Get- I'm, I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby, uh, running back, who, who's committed to Auburn. And obviously he'll be behind DJ Williams um, to start here. But I think when you watch Tank Bigsby, another kind of bigger guy, six foot, 210, can catch the football, did a lot of, a lot of receiving in high school. And just, just the way that he uses his feet, I think in short space, is really special. You know, he's kind of shifty for his size and has that size. And so um, one, one thing I always look for in high, in high school you know, film and, and usually you don't get to watch full games, right? So you're you're watching highlights and trying to project, okay, this is the best that this guy can do. Is that enough? Um, but you know, these these defenders, every single play is he has like 30 minutes of highlights, guys just bouncing off of him all the time, like no one can bring him down because he has that size and that shiftiness. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him be that RB2 in Auburn this year, actually get some touchdowns, get some play, and um I I think he could even pass DJ Williams in a year or so. So um, he might be one of those players for the college production. You have to wait a little bit on, but I think the NFL side, he, he's going to be a real player. And one of those guys is going to come and just be more talented than anyone else on the roster. So uh, I, I'm pretty excited for him. And I, I think he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a four, high four-star guy. So you might be able to wait a bit and let uh, see where some of these other freshmen fall. And then you can, you can jump on Bigsby. Stoops, the guy that I I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of in that 2023 class, Bijan Robinson. Um, I think he takes over that role sooner rather than later. Um, 
and that's no knock at Keontae Ingram per se. Um, I've said it before on a, on a previous podcast where I think the coaching staff didn't help Ingram to the fullest. I, I just don't think they gave him the best opportunity to really showcase his abilities, but I just think Bijan Robinson's it's on a different level. Um, he was a five-star guy, obviously coming out of high school and looking at his stats. Now, you always take the high school stats with a grain of salt, right? When you're that good of a prospect, you're going to have some good numbers. But his numbers to me were just just something totally, totally. I mean, he had 126 rush attempts, which is not a lot, right? For, for I mean, I would say it's not a lot for a high school guy. 2,235 rushing yards for 38 touchdowns. That's 17.7 yards per carry. That's that's wild. And then on top of that, he only had 12 receptions. His scene, this is all his senior season. This is senior season. Only had 12 receptions, but he had 314 yards, 26.2 yards per catch. Like that's that's unbelievable. So, and three touchdowns to, to go on top of that. So you look at those numbers again, you take them with a grain of salt. When you're a top prospect like that, you're going to just run all over everybody. That's just kind of how it goes. And they give you the ball, you know, and you make it happen. And especially when you're gaining that many yards, it's it's essentially going to reduce your carries, right? Because you're gaining all these yards and getting touchdowns. So I just think he's a guy that's going to come in um, as long as, and it is an all new coaching, st- or essentially an all new coaching staff, right? I mean, the head coach is still there, but it's pretty much all new. Hopefully they can get the running backs more involved. I still think Bijan's going to be the guy that's going to take over that, that backfield. I think Keontae Ingram's going to obviously have a role, right? He's been there. He's got the experience. And I, I think running backs can transition better in um, the situation that we're in right now. We've talked about quarterbacks um, um, previously, how it might be a little bit more challenging for a freshman quarterback to come in and kind of play and start and all that fun stuff. But I think a running back – can come in and, and, and pick it up a little bit quicker as long as they've got the vision. And you look at his film. I mean, he's making people miss. He's, you know, he's got the agility there. He's, he's, he can see the hole. It's, I'm a huge fan. I've been trying to grab him everywhere, but apparently everyone else likes him too. So they're drafting him before I can, but I've got him in a couple places and I'm, I'm happy with the few shares that I did get. So, um, yeah, man, Bijan Robinson out of Texas. He's, I think he's going to be someone we're talking about for many, many years, college side and NFL side for sure. Uh, one guy that I want to touch on, my I didn't really have a full-fledged 2023 guy, but I, I one guy I wanted to talk about was Chris Tyree out of Notre Dame, uh, four-star prospect. Um, I think that he's got massive, massive upside. He's a small guy, 5'10", 179. He was the number one all-purpose back in uh, his class. Um, the one thing that kind of stood out to me, he runs a 4'3", 840, super fast guy, lightning quick, uh, 38 and a half uh, vertical as well. Um, again, you know, I'm, I'm going to touch on it as well, like you guys did, but it, it's kind of hard to just watch some of these high school athletes. You know what I mean? Cause you're getting these cut up, you're getting the high right highlight reels. You're getting just these, you know, different perspective, but this guy, he's got good patience from what you can see. Excellent body control accelerates to full speed, um, runs inside outside. Um, can't arm tackle him. Dangerous pass catcher. Uh, I think the one thing that I like the most about Tyree is he can line up anywhere in the football field. Um, you know, he can line up in that slot. He can, um, I think he could play like that. Was it like a Chris Thompson role? You know what I mean? Obviously without the injuries, but he kind of reminds me of that role. Do I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a first or second rounder? No, but I think a back half of the back half of the draft in the NFL, but I think that he's somebody that's going to be able to produce for a couple more years for you on the campus side as well. So it, I like Chris Tyree. Um, anybody else on that 2023 level, gentlemen? 
the only other thing I want to mention is when you're talking, uh, you know, um, campus to Canton is look, you can look at some of these incoming freshmen and really project situation. Like which of these top 10 running backs recruit wise is going to start. Like, I think we have kind of three this year that have a good shot at starting week one, Zachary Evans, TCU, Marshawn Lloyd, South Carolina, and Jameer Gibbs, Georgia tech. And so if you want that college production, and still know you're getting a talented back, right, of their top 10 in their recruiting class. Um, that, that's another way to kind of approach it when, we, as, as we've talked about, that sometimes that high school tape can lie. And, <laughs> and sometimes it's tough to really project, like, oh, I really like this guy. You know, um, you can really go off situation in stars and just say, hey, I'm going to draft a guy that has probably going to start for me for three years on my college side. Even if I don't get the NFL production, uh, I got something out of him. Zach Evans is a guy that is, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as he can keep his mind right, yeah, that dude is unreal. I, I he went to North Shore, you know, over in Houston. So um, I never saw him live, but I watched plenty of his games on TV. He he's good. He is very good. So it was it was a shock to see him go to TCU, but I think again because of all of his recruitment, whatever was going on there. Right. I think it was kind of they were the last school that said, you know what? Hey, yeah, we'll 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 take you, you know, and you can come come over this way. Because I think everyone else just kind of one ran out of scholarships because he took forever to figure out what he wanted to do, basically. But now, Zach Evans, you're right. I think he's a guy that as long as he can keep his head right, he's going to be a he's going to be a steal because he, he is falling in the drafts. Right. Because it's kind of one of those where a lot of people stop talking about him, I guess you could say. So, um Man, yeah, that's a good name for sure. All the other names are too, but yeah, Zach Evans, he's he's solid. So question for you guys. Do you guys have any 2024 guys? I have one guy, um, one guy in particular. I just want to talk about him. It's Trevion uh, Henderson. He committed to Ohio State. Um, I talked about him a little bit with Stoops last week, just watching this guy. Again, watching some of his high school stuff. Um, he is a five-star prospect. Um, I do think that he needs to put on a little bit of weight, but that's okay. But he had 3,193 yards and 53 touchdowns in his junior season. That to me is just, I mean, that's just doing work, right? You know what I mean? Again, I don't know what his level of competition is, but there were several runs where I see him break a 60, 70, 80 yard run and he didn't even get touched. Um, that, that's, that's, that takes some real, you know, talent, you know what I mean? In order to be able to do that. But, um, he's committed to Ohio state, you know what I mean? It's, it's a guy to project in the future, obviously, but, um, it's one guy that I think you should really, really keep an eye on though. Yeah, I, I took him super early in our pinnacle draft. Uh, yeah, I went to Ohio State, so so that's my <laughs> my Homer uh, school. You know, I, I'm an alumni, and at, I mean Trayvon Henderson might be the most talented running back to go there since Beanie Wells. And, um, you know, we've seen Ezekiel Elliott, we've seen J.K. Dobbins. Like, if this guy is just going to do that and better, then, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. I, I, the, the one guy I like there is uh, Will Shipley, uh, who's yeah. committed to Clemson. Um, I, I just think he's the next guy. I think Lynn J. Dixon kind of stinks, and <laughs> you know, watching him in college. And so I, I think Will Shipley, you know, uh, there might be a little transition year after ETN leaves, but – I mean, I mean, th th this kid is is such a good, you know, athlete, such a good pass catcher. Um, you can you can line him up in the slot. You can put him in the backfield. You know, you can run so many different things with him. I think he's such a versatile weapon, and that offense is going to have so much fun with him. So uh, I think he's definitely a, a guy to keep in mind too. So basically, you've got Lawrence and Etienne now. So now you're just going to have DJ and Shipley. It's just <laughs> oh, going to be a it's going to be a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, what does it, it's it's crazy what uh, you know it's crazy what uh, Debo's doing down there. I, I, I you yeah. know what I mean? Like just he's getting them all. Um, all right, so now we're going to transition into the wide receiver position. Um, man, there's <laughs> when you it's trying to narrow it down, right? You know, we it's like I you know I'm like all right, Ricky. We've got like an hour show here. We want to try to do. You can only talk about you know this many guys, and it's like look at just like the 2021 class alone. You look at it, you're like, man, mm-hmm. how do I pick just a couple? Um, but uh, Shane, you know, I'm gonna let you kick it off here with your 2021 rod receivers, man. What you got for us? I know I, I have a list like a mile long of, <laughs> of guys right? I want to talk about. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Um, so I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about Jalen Waddle. Uh, the wide receiver from Alabama, um, who, you know, for obviously you you kind of have some of the bigger names where we have Jamar Chases and those kind of guys. And um, I think with with Alabama, it, they they lost Judy and they lost Henry Ruggs. And I think Jalen Waddle's going to really step into that Henry Ruggs role. He didn't have a ton of production this past season. He only had um, 33 catches you know, 560 yards, six touchdowns. And Devonta Smith's obviously coming back. He's going to have, you know, he's going to be the, the, the alpha there. But I think Waddle profiles like a lot of NFL teams like. Um, he's smaller, but super fast. He's, he's going to be in, in competition for the best 40 time at the Combine in a year. Um, and, you know, you're, you're losing – almost 120 catches off of that team. So that has to go somewhere. And honestly, there's not too much past Smith and Waddle that that I'm excited about at Alabama receivers. So I think Waddle's going to kind of break out, have a really big season, maybe be able to get him at a little bit of a discount um, and gives you that college side and high upside and high, probably high draft capital. I think he'll be a first round pick um, from the NFL side. So I'm excited to see him kind of take that next step and ultimately be, you know, a pretty big weapon, well, hopefully with Bryce Young, but maybe with Mac Jones. I, I tell you what, I love Jalen Waddle. You know what I mean? He's kind of skyrocketed up my draft board as I watch more of him. You know, when you watch some of that tape, I, this is me, I was not a Ruggs guy, still not really a Ruggs guy, but I think he's better than Ruggs. But that's just me speaking out loud. I think Waddle has all the all the talent to be that next stud down there. Stoops, what do you got for us, man? Yeah, Jalen Waddles, who I had on there as well, and every, everything Shane said, I mean, the speed, it's obviously, you know, the A&M Alabama game, it was one of those where it's kind of like, all right, cool, A&M's keeping him in check a little bit, and then it just happened, right? He had that play, he split defenders, he just zipped past everyone, runs it in for, I think it was like a 35-yard touchdown, it was just, his speed is unbelievable, right? That's what's, and Shane said, it, the, the NFL, like, he fits that, like, they want speed, right? Jalen Waddle's got speed. So, yeah, his numbers weren't over overly, you know, um, eye-popping. But, again, when you're behind Judy, Ruggs, you know, Smith had the year he had. Like, you're kind of that fourth option, which is unbelievable to think, right? Jalen Waddle, who we're – I believe, I agree, he could be a first-round talent. He was the fourth option last year, essentially. You could almost say fifth if you want to throw Najee. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that talent was just unbelievable on that, that offense. But – I mean, he had 17 yards per catch and 14.4 yards per target. Like, that's insane. He had six receiving touchdowns on 33 receptions. He was getting it done when the ball was in his hands, and that's what you like to see. That's To me, that's what's really helping project our, our, or at least for me, projecting 
what future you know potential can be is what did you do with essentially the limited touches you had right so the fact he had six receiving touchdowns on 33 receptions is, is something that i really really enjoy to see like to see that i think he's gonna like like shane said he's gonna he's gonna have a year this year he's gonna showcase what he's really about what he can do and he's been one and obviously now it, it doesn't pertain to, to previous but he was a guy you could always get at a discount right because everyone was talking i want judy i want rugs smith so on and so forth Waddle was that guy you could get a discount. You still probably can uh, to an extent, but no, I had Jalen Waddle as well, and and just watch the film. I mean, it, it, he he's a burner. Um, got the ability on the on the special teams as well. They can throw him out there, punt returns, kick returns, let him go, and just get the ball in his hands and let him run. All right. So for a guy for me, obviously you have Chase. You know what I mean? I think Chase is one of the best prospects we got going right now. Um, but the guy that I'm going to talk about is Trevon Grimes from Florida. Um, I've talked about him on this podcast plenty, um, six, five, two, 14, four-star prospect. Um, is Grimes going to be the best wide receiver in any of these classes? No, but will Grimes be a red zone threat for years to come? I believe so. Um, he, not just a red zone threat. I think he's a security blanket as well. Um, looking at his, looking at last year, 33 catches last year, not a lot, but 20, 20, 21 of them resulted into first downs. That's, that's something that I like to see out of my wide receivers. 34% of his catches went for 14 or more yards. Um, another key stat, it became Trask's security blanket, right? Um, 12, 12 catches on third and fourth down, converting eight of those into first downs. Another stat you love to see in the red zone. He had seven targets, six catches. Um, resulted only to two touchdowns, but um, still caught. And then he had three first downs inside the uh, inside the red zone as well. First career, he has uh, you know 58 catches, 36 for a first down. Big physical receiver um, uses his his length and size to his advantage. Um, I truly have said this before, but I cannot wait to see a full season with him and Trask. Um, we're big time Trask guys on this podcast, obviously, but um, give me a full season of Trask and Grimes, then I think that we're going to see Grimes really skyrocket up the board. Um, Grimes is somebody that could be had very, very late in drafts. Um, I've got a couple pieces of him here and there, but um, I'm a big, big Grimes guy. I think um, I drafted. I think I drafted Grimes in what the 48th round or something. Like, I don't remember exactly, but if you want to talk about getting him late, if I can, and I don't know if it was yeah. the 48th, it might have been earlier than that. But in that Pinnacle League where I drafted, it was late. It was super it was late. Super so late, if you're late. in a traditional league you're going to you you don't have to worry about taking an early early pick on him. So obviously we've got defensive players so that pushes some other guys down, but still it's yes, he's a guy you can definitely grab late in some late in some drafts. Yeah. I'm just a big Grimes. I don't know. I just watch he's physical, he's big. I like his body. Like I said, I, I would like to see another solid year out of him. I'd like to see, you know, there's so many targets that have disappeared from a year ago between mm -hmm. Cleveland and Jefferson and stuff like that. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does next year or this year. Um, basically almost being the one, one, a one B there down, um, uh, down in Florida. So, um, 2021, anybody else we're going to talk about guys, or do you want to move on to 2022? Um, the only other guy I wanted to drop kind of in that Jalen Waddle vein is uh two, two Atwell from Louisville, the receiver. And, and look, he's a guy that's like 160 pounds soaking wet. You know, he is like super tiny. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the, uh, all the metrics are, are out of this world. You know, he, he's, he's a full four, two legit 40 time. Um, and the production pro last year of 70 catches, almost 1300 yards, 12 touchdowns. You know, we talked about it on the Divi marketplace a bit this past week that, um, analytics guys love him. 
And so, you know, it's even if, if you're in a league and you know you have a couple guys that are super into analytics, like just draft them and you can just trade them for whatever you want, you know, in a, in a year, in a couple months. Um, and and so it, it's honestly a, not a, a bad approach. But, um, you know, the NFL's trend, they're trending smaller. Like like Stoop said, they they, they want that small guy with, with 4 2 four, three speed. Um, that'll create draft capital. I don't know. I mean, maybe Marquise Brown is kind of his upside, but he's he's a player that I think no one talks about. This, this Louisville offense is going to be really good. Javion Hawkins, T.J. Atwell, like Louisville's going to put up some some numbers this year. So I decided right now we're in this uh, campus to Canton League. Um, we are about eight picks away from picking, and Tutu is one of the guys that we're targeting. So what we're going to do? I'm going to wait to post this podcast <laughs> now because I normally post it after we get off the air, but. It, <laughs> We have been sniped several times from people listening to our <laughs> podcast and us talking about guys. So I'm going to wait to post this show until later on whenever it's our turn to pick because um, we've been sniped quite often in this last couple weeks. And some Stoops and I are in a couple leagues together and we're, uh, we're, co- we're co-owning a couple teams and we've been sniped awful. A lot. These- and uh, I guess that's the downside of being in leagues with, you know, whether it's fellow analysts or fellow – even fans, you know what I mean? When you get in those fan leagues, they listen to your podcast. So like, oh, you know, there's been a few of them where I've seen Slavis taken before me just because everybody knows that I have this <laughs> massive love for Slavis. And I, I mean, I obviously he's a great talent as well, but duly uh, noted, I am going to now delay the uh, <laughs> publishing of this podcast until tomorrow. Um, all right. So moving on to the 2022 class, Stoops, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, so the guy that I'm going to talk about first, I've got two in this class, but the first one I'm going to talk on, um, guy that I got was lucky enough, got to watch him in high school a couple times, Garrett Wilson, um, now at Ohio State. It, there's just certain guys. Um, I mean, he's 5'11", 175, so he's not a huge guy, right? He, he's not, you know, one of your 6'3", 6'4", 200-pound. Like, he's not a huge, huge guy. But you get that ball in his in the area, his catching radius – more than likely he's coming down with it. There was a, it was in, it was in the playoffs in high school. I don't remember what round it was, but it was basically corner of the end zone throw corner was all over him. And he just, he created the separation somehow and he came down with it. He got two feet down, which was the, which is what I found most impressive about it, right? High school, college, you only need one, but in high school he had two feet down. So it's stuff like that. When you see a receiver already having those abilities working on it, to me, that's just one less thing he has to really work on and try and, and hone in on when he goes to the next level. But seeing what he did at Ohio State, yes, it was it was a little bit more limited, right? Um, but he came in, 30 receptions, 432 yards, and, and five touchdowns. Again, 30 receptions, and he had five touchdowns. It's what are you doing when that when the ball is in your hands? He's able to create the separation. He's got speed. I just I'm a huge fan of Garrett Wilson. Um Obviously, when you 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 look, you kind of the way I do it is I kind of look at like initial rankings, right? So at least get some names in my head, and then at that point, watch some film, look at their numbers, go that route, go that route. So I I, I came, I stumbled across him obviously through through high school, and the fact that he went to high school probably an hour and a half, two hours away from where I live, they played in San Antonio quite a bit via playoffs. Um, so I got to watch watch Lake Travis play quite a bit, um, and they're just a powerhouse school. They always produce guys coming out. So, um. No, Garrett Wilson, though, I still don't think he's getting the love that he should. Um, I know a lot of people do like him, but I, I think I think it should be higher than what it is. The abilities are there. Uh, five-star guy coming out of high school. I mean, he was just a phenomenal talent. 
I'm a huge fan. I think that him and Fields are going to really, really connect this year. I, I think he's going to really – he's going to get more than 43 targets. Let's just say that. I, I don't think he's going to be the number one target getter on the team per se. But if he has anything less than probably 75 targets, I'd be shocked. And I, he might have more than that. But um, I think Garrett Wilson's a guy that you're going to get phenomenal college production from, especially starting this year and on. And then I think at the next level, he's someone that's really going to produce and be able to 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 get you those fantasy points um, as you as you need them. So definitely Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, um, 2022 eligible. Guys, you yeah. keep it on for sure. And and then and, and let me say too, I mean that there's about 120 catches gone from Ohio mm-hmm. State. I think people know Chris Olave's coming back, but KJ Hill is the all-time reception leader in Ohio State history. He's gone. You know Benjamin Victor, Austin Mack, and really all you have is Olave coming back, Garrett Wilson, and then like three freshmen. So I, I'm with you. I, I think he's going to have a giant year. And like once again, now's the time to get him. This is the lowest you'll probably end up getting him. Yep. Shane. I'm going to go with uh, Wandale Robinson, uh, wide receiver slash running back, I guess, from, mm-hmm. from yeah. Nebraska, uh, kind, kind of both. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's listed as receiver. That, that's definitely where he does a lot of his work. Uh, but with, with J.D. Spielman um, transferring to TCU, this really opens it up. And, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing with Robinson, he was a four-star recruit. Usually you don't think Nebraska, you're going to get this this big-time recruit. Um, but, man, I mean, he is just a, an electric player that can be used all over the field, 5'10", 190. Um, they used him in the receiving game. They used him in the rushing game. You know, he had, he had 88 rushes. He had 40 catches. Um, he's just kind of this weapon that uh, I think on the college side, you're going to get a ton of production from this year. And, uh, you know, Adrian Martinez stinks at quarterback. Um, I, I, he's, he's only a junior. I feel like he's been around for like 10 years. I agree. Um, <laughs> just go away, man. Uh, but, um, but, you know, so I think I really think the offense is going to run through Wandale. And so um, I think you're going to get that college production this year, whether it be rushing touchdowns or receiving touchdowns, um, no matter what, he's going to be the main focal point and the main weapon. Uh, and uh, I think he has an NFL future. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, he's not going to be Julio Jones or anything like that. But uh, I think teams, you could see kind of an, an Antonio Gibson situation where, um, you know, mostly played receiver, but teams kind of want him as a running back and uh, could use him there. So I think it could actually transition well where you're drafting him as a receiver in college and you're going to actually get this future running back in the NFL that uh, can get a ton of catches. And so I think he, he's going like uh, – pretty cheap for his recruiting uh, class. And I think a lot of it's because of being at Nebraska, people kind of uh, pass him by, but uh, he's definitely worth grabbing. The guy that I'm going to talk to uh, you guys about is uh, Jaden Hasselwood. Um, I do know that he's going to miss a majority, if not all of this season with a significant leg injury. Um, obviously could alter the path of what he's going to do maybe next year. I do think that maybe he might see the field this year. There's some question marks surrounding that. Um, I'm a big fan of the guy. Um, and again, with him, it's going to, you know, you're not, this will be the time to get him, obviously, you know what I mean? You no time better than the present when the guy is injured to, to kind of draft him, kind of risk him. I, I think he's one of the best jump ball wide receivers I've really ever kind of studied. Um, it's, un, it's very impressive to watch what he does with his strong hands. He's physical. He could be a little bit more physical. I think he could, you know, add a little bit more size to his body, but at six two, you know, he's a five-star prospect, um, which obviously is impressive enough. 
Um, for me, you know, 16 and 19 catches last year went for, you know, eight plus yards. I was really hoping to see a lot out of him. He's been somebody I've kept an eye on all year, you know, with CD lamb gone, um, you know, Jalen hurts gone. They've, you know, hopefully they've got a better quarterback to come in and play quarterback this year for him. Um, I think Hasselwood really would have, you know, struck some gold with Rattler and they would have had some good chemistry. Obviously it's going to be far to see that now, but, um, Hasselwood is somebody that I really, really, really like. And I think even, you know, yeah, you can't really predict what he's going to do when he comes back from the injury, but uh, I think that he's that talented enough to be able to come back and make a an impact you know, in, for your team now and in the future as well. So um, transitioning, 22, anybody else, guys? I got one guy just real quick. I'll touch base on him. Um, and it's kind of the flip side of that, actually. It's Theo Weiss, uh, another receiver out of Oklahoma. He he did not have a, a huge, huge uh, year last year. Only had 14 targets, eight receptions, 136 yards. Um, but he did have two touchdowns. Again, he was another guy I was lucky enough to watch, you know, uh, one of the high school playoff games here. I went up to Waco and, and watched him. I think they played the Woodlands. He went to Allen. He was a five-star guy coming out. 6'3", 202. So he's got some some great hype to him. Um, weight, I think he's fine. He could probably put on a little bit more, obviously, you know, to, to be a little bit more physical with it. But with Hasselwood being out, Right. I think the Oasis is now going to kind of come into that role and really start to he's definitely going to see more than 14 targets this year. And I think having Rattler back there, it's going to open up things for him. So I think the Oasis is a guy you're going to get him, uh, I would think, super late. Um, it just depends on it depends on your league mates. That's what it always comes down to. How, how in depth are they with their their rankings or with their research and so on and so forth? But. Yeah, Theo Weiss is a guy to really, really keep an eye on. Great size. I think he's going to see massive um, improvement in the production aspect this year. So definitely a Theo Weiss fan over here. Shane, anybody else? 2022? I didn't hear you. It's okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, another guy I want to bring up real quick is Makai Pittman, Oregon. Big fan mm-hmm. of him as well. I think that he's got potential, 5'11", 195. Um, he had, you know, semi-solid first season, you know, 18 catches, 227. A couple pair of touchdowns. Um, somebody just to keep an eye on. Somebody to target in the later rounds. Um, moving on to the twenty twenty three. What do you got for us, Shane? I, I, I think this is a, a really good receiving class. So <laughs> you know, I think there's a ton of guys. I'm going to go with for Keen Jarrett, wide receiver who committed to Maryland. And I think the reason is, you know, he, he's a five star recruit. There, there there's a, a five or six of them in this class. Um, but he's kind of the one going latest because of kind of that Maryland discount, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and people look at Maryland and they go, oh, man, that offense has been terrible for so long. But I, I think it's I think it's mood change. You know, uh, Talia Tagovailoa uh, has committed there. He transferred there. Um, I think they're going to have legitimate quarterback play. Uh, they've got some skill positions. And Rakeem Jarrett is six foot two oh eight. The wingspan and the body control, I think, it, it might, might be the best in this class. Um, I think there's definitely some competitors to that. But uh, he, he catches almost anything his way. And uh, you know, playing at St. John's, he didn't have a great quarterback, um, but they, he just kind of threw it up and and. Jarrett would find a way to get the ball every time at double coverage. I mean, there's so many highlights of him just in double coverage, just making incredible plays. The two guys fall down and he runs for a touchdown. And I mean, just some of these, some of the skill set that he has, I think it's just such a, a big, strong guy. So um, I think if you're looking, you could probably take all 
all uh, receivers from this class and end up with a really mm-hmm. good array of talent. Um, but Jarrett's going to come in immediately, be the number one target in that class. He's going to get you college production for three years, and I think he's legit NFL talent, and you can get him cheaper than a lot of the other guys that are high in this class. That's exactly who I was going to talk about as well. <laughs> um, he's got a good frame. He's so smooth off the line. His cuts are beautiful. Um, you just like you said, he's catching in traffic, but man, there were so many times you just make cornerbacks look ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like he just made him look silly. He's got nice hands. Like you said, my favorite thing that he did was he added some size from his junior to senior season, right? You know what I mean? He put on a couple pounds, um, uh, which is something you obviously would like to see in that transition. Um, there's, he's obviously still young, but man, I do agree. He's going to produce for three straight seasons, you know, barring injury and all that mumbo jumbo, but he's going to produce for you for three straight seasons right off the back. And you can't ask for more production out of a, you know, a campus to Canton guy. And, uh, Rocky Jarrett is super talented. Um, I love the kid a whole lot. Uh, Stoops. You already know who I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I'm for you. I, I, I didn't want to, you know, really. <laughs> Demond Demas out of A and M. Wait a minute. Are you talking about the guy we got sniped on? That guy in like three leagues. Yeah, it's unreal. But five star guy coming out right. And, and this and and I actually wasn't the one that that came up with this. I think it was Kane um, that mentioned it. Where so he's a five star guy, and I knew he hadn't played his senior season. Right, he transferred to a new school. His old coaches didn't sign off on it. Said it was for athletic reasons, not for personal or or family reasons they said it was 100% for athletics that is what it is right we're moved on past that but he didn't play at all any football his senior season and he was still a five-star prospect right if you can hold that type of caliber ranking through a season that you didn't even play to me that that just says what it needs to say about the, the talent and you see his videos around right he's just freakishly athletic I mean it's almost like he's a gymnast and I don't know if he ever did any gymnastics, but you just watch his, his kind of goofing around videos. And then you watch his game film. You watch him in that Polynesian bowl where he just, it was kind of almost like a broken play and they threw him the ball and he just started making people miss and just ran it in for a touchdown. And it, he wins the 50, 50 balls. I mean, the, the, the film you can watch and I, I am super pumped. And what I love most, and, and it's not even just him specifically when prospects commit to a college early, right? They, I think he committed probably his, mid late junior year if i remember correctly maybe early early senior year somewhere in that range but it was early in the process for most most people to kind of wait till the, the tail end of it and he stuck with that commitment right that's something i really like to see it just shows a commitment to the program that you've really committed to because you see some guys that oh, i'm going to commit here and then ah oh, now i'm going to open my my uh, recruiting again and they go here and they just kind of bounce all around it's not a knock on someone i understand certain things happen and you do what's best for you but when someone commits to a program and really sticks to it, I think that's just that just speaks, you know, to the love they have for the program and the coaching staff there. But Demond is going to be one of those guys, like you said, Shane. The receivers in this class, I mean, you can get, you know, Fleming, you can get um, what's his name, Jackson Smith, uh, don't know, and, and whatever. I don't know how to say this, that last part. And but yeah, so. And then obviously Rakeem Jarrett, and then just the list goes on, right? The receivers in this class are going to be ultra talented, but um, I do think you're going to see the best production from Demond come sophomore season and on. I, I, I just, I'm still not a Kellen Mond believer. I think I'm not going to go on a tangent with that, but his accuracy is a concern. So, uh, but the good thing about Demond is he's so athletic that as long as you get it within 
a couple yards of his catching radius, he's going to come down with it, right? Just get it, get it, just lob the ball to him, just lob it to him, let him use his athleticism, make the play. So I think he's going to transition well. Um, yes, it, it's kind of a weird offseason, right? He hasn't had that chemistry or that time to build the chemistry with Mond, but I think he's athletic enough that the, the Jimbo is going to get some, some plays called in there for him. He's going to get him some easy routes, get the ball in his hand, but um, 100%. Demondemus is a guy you should be you should really really be be looking at and, and you're going to get production on the college side as well as um, NFL side for sure. Anybody else in this class, gentlemen? Um, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of piggyback off of uh, Stoops a bit on on the Ohio State trio as I like yeah. to call them. I mean, you know, you have three guys that are are top. 10 at the position mm -hmm. going to the same school that produces a ton of receivers. Julian Fleming is kind of a uh, Julio Jones type prospect. Um, you have Jackson Smith, the Jigba who, uh, you know, you know, went to, went to, to Rockwall in Dallas, which does not, not really produce college talent. And uh, he was clearly the best player on the field and was just, just making plays. And then, you know, my, my favorite actually is kind of the third guy. Cause Hey, you can get him the cheapest. Those top two go pretty highly, mm -hmm. but uh, G Scott from um, uh, Washington, you know, is, is bigger six, three, two Oh seven uh, really gets off the line. Well, catches the ball. Well, you know, so I, I think the, these are the size. The trio is going to step in, be the three, four, five, uh, almost immediately, and you know they produce NFL talent at receiver. I think you can take a crack on one of these guys in your college to Canton drafts and, and have a shot. Like I said, I kind of go Scott because it's the best value. He's gonna he goes you know maybe five rounds later than the other two. Uh, but I think if you end up with one of them, just take that shot at it. Absolutely, Shane. Where can we find you, man? What plug some work for us, man? I, I'm the, the new co-host for the Debbie Marketplace, uh, you know, with, with with Kane Fossil, who we mentioned. Um, so you can search for that uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, I write over at FakePigskin.com. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing a big uh, dynasty article. I'm in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Dynasty Leagues, and so I had a, a the most unique strategy out of, out of all six leagues, and I'm I'm going to be having that up uh, today. Uh, probably, probably by the time this podcast comes out, it should be up on Fake Pigskin. And I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I, I really enjoy your show, and uh, I'm really excited to get to chat with you and hang out. It was great. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on, and uh, I'd love for you to come on again in the near future, man. Um, do us a favor. Awesome. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow the Debbie Delight on Twitter at the Debbie Delight. And um, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.